Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the to the Eagle Podcast. It's, it's been like the hiatus from us from us, but the the season is over. What's going on? Yeah, that mic is gonna be a problem, son. Oh God! Is I still echoing? Yes. If you want, you can go out. I think AJ got it from here. You know, people want to see AJ instead. They don't really don't want to see you. So, <laughs> all right, AJ, we're back, baby. It's finally back. Eagle Eye Podcast is back, and what a fair way to start things off with um preseason. And I'm excited because it's been a while since I last watched America, and cannot wait to see the boys in blue and yellow back in action again. How about you, Christian? No, seriously, I'm I'm excited. I, every single day, I'm just counting down the days till we get to see our beloved America again. It's a feeling that I don't think I've had in a while. Um, it's just I think Solari just instilled like this kind of determination, just this new hunger. Uh, in this America team, which makes me more excited as a fan to just keep watching them play and watch them grow as a team. And, um, well, if we're going to make any uh, preseason or before season predictions, um, this could be the year that we, that we take it all the way. But I think that, you know, as a, as a buildup of the season goes on, uh, I think we'll explain why. Uh, I feel like um, I think that this is a good chance we have this season to kind of take it all. Um, Got to do with a lot of things, but uh, ultimately I think it has to do with just a lot of these, kind of determination to bring a chip back home to America with the piece that he's given. Um, we saw what we could do last year. And then I think me and you can agree that this squad is more improved than last year's. Um, so that just makes me all that more excited. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Coach. Just we want that elusive 14 title. It's been a while. We haven't won this since 2018. We, From time and time again, we get closer and closer. But it's just like we're just missing something. And I feel like this could actually be the season where I feel like with the signs that we make, if we happen to get more signs later on, this could be the season where Solai puts all the pieces together and he's like, let's go for it. He even said it before at the end of last season. Next season, we're going for that title. And that's what every America fan wants to hear. Of course, definitely. But Ivan, um, are you back or are you back? Well, let's see. I don't, see. I don't know. Is my auto-tune still on? Still on or? <laughs> can, you, can you restart your PC and then come back? Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to do that. Am I still yes, echoing? Please. Yes. No, you're not echoing. You're just like repeating your words. Oh, like, like a reverb. Like, like, like we hear you the first time. We don't want to hear you again. <laughs> All right. Okay. You guys keep it going. Sleep. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to what we were saying. Uh, but no, definitely, yeah. But before we get into any of that, though, we um we still have a whole preseason to go to. Um, we still have, hopefully, we still have a couple more signings to make. Maybe a, f- a few more departures mm-hmm. uh, to be announced. But um, just right off the bat, right off the bat, uh, we've seen a lot of departures uh, right now, currently in America. Which has been your biggest, I guess, surprise in terms of those departures? The biggest surprise, I'm going to be real with you, it's been quite some time since I last remembered to all move. Who even left that in America? But just some that I know. Just some of the looks, just one thing I'm scratching my head about, I don't know, it's Adam Medina. I know no one doesn't really care about this. It's the thing. This is the guy we've been chasing for the entire time from Toluca. They gave him the price tag. They're like, we're not paying for that price tag. We asked for a loan. We end up getting him just 
never really made much of an impact on the team. He did score one goal in about six games then left. If I can think of another player, I mean, I feel like everyone was predicting it was going to happen. I feel it was Giovanni Dos Santos. Every Americanista, we looked like clowns to be, honestly, and just feel like, yeah, he could definitely revive his career in America. That just never happened, really. Just never seemed to get a rhythm going. Andrews also played them, and they just said when he's playing, it's just that explosive. We once saw Andrew and Dos Santos was just mm-hmm. gone completely. No, definitely. And I seem like most of these departures, well, I guess I would say about 90% of them were, were mm-hmm. kind of needed, you know? There are players who, you know, didn't really contribute anything, you know, to an extent, Giovanni didn't really do much. Um, Sergio Diaz, another one who kind of really just mm-hmm. came in, never really got a chance to, you know, do his thing. Uh, never was counted by Piojo, so I didn't didn't even, you know, bat an eye on him. Um, Alan Medina, like you said, it, it's strange because we, like you said, we went through so much just to get him. We got him. We don't use him, and then the very next season he's gone. Um, it's a little, little, little bit of uh, backward negotiations there. Um, I don't really know what was going through the head of. The, the board when when going through this process um hopefully they don't do things like that ever again because i was just, it's just kind of wasting you know spots it's wasting the player's career you know we and we don't want to see that right if you if you were just gonna do that you might as well just bring up someone from the cantera hopefully they can get mm-hmm. in a, a couple games here and there right um but no but definitely uh i know me and you kind of went back and forth on this on twitter so we'll just talk about it right now ramon juarez um this is something that you you felt that should have never happened um you felt like this was going to be a repeat of Jared Ortega. Can you just elaborate a little bit more why you think it might be like that? It's just the thing that when we first when he first was put onto the America squad, just to play, we saw something in him. You know, he's young, he's tall. It feels like he has some quads that we saw in Ortega. We even talked about partnership before at one point. You can maybe see I had Ortega Ramon Juarez partnership maybe at some point in the future. It could be the future in defense for America. That just never seemed to come to fruition. Well, we didn't have Ortega, but Ramon Juarez in this case. There's times we criticized them a lot, but we have to remember, I think when it was Bruno Valdez was gone, he would be alongside with Emma, and he seemed to just do well. But then there's just times he makes little defensive errors or big defensive errors in this case, and just everyone had to make just like, we don't want him anymore. We want Bruno back, and I just felt like because of that, I don't know what to expect. You're having a youngster who's only playing for Sebastias. He never really made a deep in the Copa Mekis. Don't even think he's played in any preseason games. One of those is like, you're throwing him in to see what happens. Hope that he can do his very best in um, the league games. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. He gets good games, good games. Just I don't understand why when every America fan is wine defenders and we just loaning him out to other teams. I don't understand that. No, definitely. I, I under, definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, but I don't know. It just seemed like the majority of the fan base, like they knew that Ramon Juarez was an okay player. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say that he deserved to start because he didn't. Let's be honest. He didn't deserve to start over the three that we have. I don't think he deserved to start over any of them. Um, but definitely, though, I definitely agree with, with you. Uh, you know, this, it seems like we're just kind of giving out these players who may have something to bring in the future. Um, but hopefully, um, hopefully we don't, we don't really kind of make those mistakes with more, some of the more promising youngsters. Um, I don't think we will, but you never know with with with, uh, with binders in this board, right? Uh, so you know, definitely, I I still think we're going to see more departures coming. Um, if there's one more departure you would think is needed, who would it be? I fancy we're going to have it's going to be Renato Ibarra because I just feel like he just doesn't have a spot on this team as much as people do want to come back, especially after the controversy that happened back then. It's one of those things that he doesn't want to be on the team. We already heard rumors already that. 
Baez is looking into his ability to try to find a spot for Natibara. As good as he was during his time in America, where you're seeing him running up that right-hand side, just going for crosses every single time. I feel like in Solari, he's not going to be a part of the plans because we're seeing that how Solari's game plan is. I feel like it's nothing that we have done in the past with Pioja, where it's just give the ball, give the ball down the wings of the left or the right, cross it, see what happens. Solari, he sees it otherwise. I feel like Antobar just definitely doesn't have his spot on his team secured anymore. No, definitely. And I don't think we'll ever see him again in the Club America shirt unless uh, Baños and the whole board just decides to, you know, just go away somehow and making all of us very, very, very happy. Uh, but who knows? Maybe maybe he'll come up with a big bomba signing in the summer. Or hopefully, maybe I don't think probable, but you never know. I mean, Solari was a big was a big surprise, though, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no doubt. But I remember just everyone just thinking about who is our manager gonna be. I remember we were gonna have like what Sergio Bueno, and at that point, I'm just like no. I don't even know who this guy even is at all. Yeah, I am Memo Vasquez as well. I'm just like, oh god. But then look what happens. So who knows? Maybe. But I just was probably just looking at everyone on Twitter, seeing how mad he's like, don't worry, I got you guys. I'll come with yeah. the signing soon. Just be patient. But, but listen, I, you know, this is a question we also gonna have to bring up in six months and knock on wood. Hopefully, you know, we do win the title, but in case that we don't, um, you know, maybe there could be a, a conversation sparking up in, in December about Bayern's position. Um, nothing, nothing concrete, but he's definitely in the hot seat right now. Um, that's all I think we have on, on that topic. But uh, mm-hmm. just know that I think it's necessary for him, not necessarily bring a bomba this summer, but definitely bring in someone that the, I guess that the fan base is okay with, you know, because out of, the, out of the, everyone that came, I don't think anyone is 100% on board with every single signing we've made so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about them. Uh, Fernando, uh, Fernando Madrigal, what do, you, what, what do you think about him? I think of him as an Emilio Sanchez. In this case, he's just short, but he does provide with the more Liga MX experience. Because remember, Emilio Sanchez, while I can't out, we've mostly seen him on loan in teams that have either played in the Essential. He never really got for he never really got to play in the league completely. I mean, the closest thing he guess he had was at America from last season in Cholos. But it's just one of those players where I'm just like, you know, it's good. He's got the experience. He played a lot for Kenneth in the past two seasons, around 35 games or so. He's He can play as a center defensive mid and a center midfield as well. So, you know, we could see a pairing with um, Richard Sanchez. We got something that better there, too, and then that can play as a CDM, and then you can put Maria and CM. You know, many people wonder why we get him. My sole reason, it's probably for that experience, really, from something that Emilio Sanchez is bring while he showed something, I guess, but just he's not that same kid he wants was when he was just in America. So it's time to go. For Madrigal, though, decent signing, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's one of those kind of filler signings because people have to understand, you know, with a good starting 11, you always need a good bench. You know, mm-hmm. for whatever whatever the case, an injury or fatigue or just plain rotations, um, it's always good to have people on the bench that you can rely on and that you know when you put them in, they're not going to be phased by the situation and they're always going to give 110%, no matter what. No matter, no matter situation, no matter the place to put in, they're always going to give it their all. And I think last season is a little bit different because you only could rely on maybe two or three players who can give you that and who can come off the bench and give you great impact. Um, I think that was, that, that's the main focus this year, too. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that maybe that Salati asked for these players um, because, you know, I honestly don't think that he kind of had his eye on Madrigal. But 
you know, like you said, though, he's definitely an upgrade from some of the players that we had last season. He's definitely better than a Sergio Diaz, than mm-hmm. Emilio Sanchez, you know? Um, so, in that, in that aspect, I think I agree with it. But just at that, though. Now, let's see if he can prove himself in preseason right now and maybe in a couple games that he's given throughout the season. Uh, because if he wants to, you know, you know, uh, get a lot, a lot of his attention, I think the preseason is where he's going to have to do it. Ivan, are yeah. you back or no? Well, let's see. Am I still good or am I not good? No, you're good now. I think you're, you're good, good. now. Good? We're good? Yeah. Yes, oh, you're good. Yeah. Did, you, did you change scenery? Uh, I changed computers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, That's perfect. why the angle, everything, it's off. But, um, well, first of all, I want to extend an apology to everyone that was listening to that echo. Um, obviously, it wasn't my greatest hits in regards to that aspect. I do apologize for that. We've had technical difficulties in the past, and I think we're going to continue to have technical difficulties. I've always said it before. This is the technical difficulty show. So uh, I do apologize for all that. But, gentlemen, uh, fill me in on to what you guys were talking about. So we started the show off with departures. We talked about, you know, who we thought was the biggest surprise and who we just overall, we all we kind of felt that uh, the departures were kind of necessary. Um, players like Giovanni and Sergio Diaz. And then, you know, it's kind of scratching, scratching our heads with kind of the departure of Ramon Juarez. Um, just your quick thoughts, I guess, on it. Um, I'll start off with the Juarez thing. I think it's a little bit premature of America to let go of, of such a young, talented player. I know that he's had his difficulties in the past, but it was always going to be a difficult task to be going up against the likes of, you know, LAFC or, you know, some of these other teams that he had to face off. Not just, you know, without, not just on his own. Obviously, he had Cáceres next to him, but there wasn't a real actual leader in that center-back partnership. So it, it was it was always going to be a difficult ask. I thought he had some pretty good moments. AJ, I know you rated him very highly. I'm sure you spoke well of him. Um, your boy, Mr. A.K.A. Paolo Maldini in the flesh. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, I, if this is a loan move, which it is, uh, it unfortunately is does have that uh, option to buy tag. Um, I think that it, it could do him well. I, I think if he can go get a couple minutes under his belt, play some pretty good games, and if America does things right, then I think, you know, hopefully they don't, you know, go through the option to buy him and he can come in and cement himself as a potential starter. As far as the players that have left, um, I think you guys mentioned it, right? Sergio Diaz is a player that just was completely just a waste of money. Let's yeah. put it at that terms. It was a waste of money. It was a, a waste of an international buy. slot. It was very much very panicky, um, which we've seen time and time again, this institution, this, this, you know, the board that, that is in charge right now, making these kind of decisions that just don't pan out in the end. Um, everyone came thinking, oh, Mr. X Real Madrid, he's going to come in and he's going to save the day. Uh, and just, I don't know. I don't know if this was a Piojo option. Yeah, You feel like if this wasn't a Piojo buy, he would try to give more minutes to him. I know that he did come into the season and then like right away, boom, got injured. Um, which, I mean, we can all speculate at that point what was going on, but we knew that Mr. Jibber was out there doing his thing. Um, you know, so it was it was it was a shame to waste money like that. And then, of course, the big one being Giovanni dos Santos. Um, I think AJ said it right. We all kind of looked like fools, thinking that he was going to be able to, you know, revitalize his career under an America jersey. Which at one point maybe he was going to, 
Uh, I think the big if with Giovanni Santos is always going to be that game against Guadalajara at the Estadio when he does get that nasty injury, gets that, you know, punch hole in his leg. Uh, and yeah. things just weren't the same for Giovanni Santos afterwards, right? And not to say that he wasn't a key player anymore or, or that he wouldn't come in and do a job. I mean, you guys have to remember the, the Ligia where we face off against Tigres, he gets a goal in, you know? He's moving things around for us. Like, he was up and for it. And then afterwards, um, you just, sorry, I'm, I'm reading some of the <laughs> comments here. Uh, Jibber's our thing. Like, like we, we kind of made that our thing, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Mr. Jibber, if you're listening to this, I hope that, I hope you get to injure G-Nex somehow. Um, yeah. And then just afterwards, just the, the, the constant injury after injury after injury where you just felt it was a, it was a never ending process for Gio. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, he just never really lived up to the, you know, to the hype, uh, which is quite unfortunate, right? Because his dad did some pretty important things with an America Jersey. And you thought, you know, like father, like son, but it's just one of those things where again, he just falls flat a little bit. Um, but on the bright side, that's a huge contract that we get off our backs um, and that I'm sure we're using very well to pay Mr. Layun's contract. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I wish I wish we would have the numbers physically. Um, love to go through them. I know Layun's not making Giovanni Dos Santos numbers. He's not. But you're not going to tell me that, you know, he's not coming into America on a pretty big salary. You know, we'll have to wait sure. and see. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, as far as departures go, it, you know, kind of is what it is and we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, I think the big news has been that America has let go of so much Mexican, brought in a couple Mexicans. There's no, no player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No international spot has freed up other than the fact that Sergio Diaz left. But even then, since we lose an international slot to this season, it just means it's that the, we're yeah. It kind of cancels out. Kinda, have, it kind of yeah, cancels that, out, and we're still over, I believe, two players. Over, if I'm not mistaken, because Renato Barra's back. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Right. We over two. Yeah. Renato, technically, he's back. He's not with the team. He's not reported. He's not in preseason. Yeah. 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 But he's back though. He's he's back on the books. On, on the, the books, books he's, he's back. back. But he, well, he never left. Let's just face that. He never left. We kept play, playing his salary. That's so dumb. Uh, half of it. And, and, and he, no, I'm sure we're paying more than half. Right. We, were, we were paying more than half. It was like a 75-25 here. Damn, we shot some terrible business. But anyways, though, that was that, though. That was the part. And then we just started talking about the arrivals. Uh, we talked about Madrigal. So quick, quick thoughts on Madrigal. You know, I, I, I see a lot of people kind of divided on the Madrigal situation, right? Some people saying, what's this 30-year-old plus washed Mexican guy doing in an America jersey? What's another people are saying, you know what, he's had himself quite the season with um, Querétaro. With Querétaro, so why wouldn't you give him the benefit of the doubt? I've always said that America has lacked a Joe Corona type of player. Someone that isn't necessarily a starter, 
someone that could come off the bench and do a good job and when needed can play as a starter and could potentially do a good job. I think when you look back at that last season where we won the title, Joe Corona was kind of an essential player that no one kind of really gave praises for. You go back and you look at the games that he came into. He did a good job. He held the midfield. He did his job in helping out Guido Rodriguez. And then you saw games where he needed to start because of international duty, because of injuries. And he did stuff well. And if Fernando Madrigal can come in and do that job, I think it's exactly what America needs at this point. We all thought also Gonzalez was going to be that player. Clearly was not. Um, Santi Naveda, can he do that job? Of course. But I think he his role is more of kind of like a Pedro Aquino-esque. Yeah, where, really. he like, where he likes to be a little bit more deep line in the midfield. Um, and I think Madrigal can add a little bit of something to it, right? Refresh some of the legs, refresh some of the, you know, Richard Sanchez if he needs to get a little bit of a break um, during the game or, you know, rotations and whatnot. But I think he's a he's a welcome addition until we see otherwise. Right, definitely. Um, no, definitely. I, I agree with you. Like I was saying before you jumped in, um, you know, we need people like that on the bench, you know, people that we can rely on, people that, when needed in any situation, we'll go in, give 110, and do a good job. You know, anyone can give 110 when we're in the America, sure. But, you know, unfortunately, you're playing for America, so you have to do well as well. You know, you can't just go in and give your effort, right? It kind of doesn't work like that when you're wearing the America jersey. Um, and uh, it's definitely an upgrade from the bench options that we had last year. Uh, so, um, at least some of them. So, the next player we're going to talk about was, obviously, you said earlier, Miguel Layun. Um, this is a definitely caught everyone by surprise. No one, no one saw this coming. Um, literally happened in the span of five minutes that someone reported it and it became official. Literally in that five minute span. Um, so AJ, thoughts on Miguel Layun? Man, I like the guy, but at the same time, like, do we really have to get him though? But at the same time, understand why? Because we ain't got no one to back up Jorge Sanchez. So you're definitely trying to put Brian Colula in there again because you see how he played against the Luca. We don't want that. What I think of this, man, we're broke. We're trying to sell some of those jerseys for Layun so we can you know, get that free Jasper Bombas that everyone's waiting for. But, you know, it's nice. Tole le esculpe de Layun. He scored four goals against Oswaldo Sanchez. Made that man retire for good. So there's that. He scored the penalty that gave us the 2013 title. So, you know, it's nice to see him back, but at the same time, how we perform, only time will tell. Interesting here. Chris Rivera saying, AJ doesn't like a player. Did I hear that right? <laughs> what is this world? Welcome to the new age yeah. of the Eagle Eye podcast. Um, you know what? It's it's interesting, AJ. You mentioned something where you said, well, let's bring in, like, let's sell those jerseys. But how many people are buying Miguel Layun jerseys? Let me just say that off the bat. Also, who's ever buying a new jersey right now with a name and a, a player's name and a number? I would hold off on that. Because that there's is- maybe only three or four players that for sure are staying and that are for sure going to keep their number. That's probably Ochoa. I Pedro made it my speaking, speaking of that, I was, I was no, looking well, at the numbers. You don't know if he's getting the eight or if he's getting the ten. No, he got the eight already. Oh wait, yeah, that's right. They they put out he the, got video. the he, yeah. he got the eight already. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was right. I'm just yes, that and yes, I know you were right, but I'm gonna call them right now. Tom to switch it because he needs the ten on it. But that's a whole different discussion. Deserve the ten. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> AJ, you were saying? Yeah, no, I was just I was just looking at the numbers and like. There's only a couple of them that are available. I mean, one that I find that's stranger a number. Wait, no, Lyon did wear the number 29, right? Did he? 
When he was on the back, it was a different number. It was the I, 19, I think that's when he first. He wore 19. I can't remember the first number he wore. With he wore 19 with America. He, yeah, he's a... Yeah, he's got 29. It's, it's, it's interesting, though. He's got 29. And then on Jersey, they also have for an option, which, interesting enough, Fernando Madrigal, you could put his number on your Club America jersey. Well, I what number has he got? He's number six. Sergio Diaz. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, look, as far as Miguel Ayun, the topic of conversation is always going to be did he come at the right time or did we get him at the wrong time? Because I think the right time to bring him was when we first got linked to him on his way, when he first joined Rayados, when people said he was going to come to America. I think that was the proper time to bring in Layun. I don't know now. He's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, I mean, you, he didn't get much minutes in, in Monterrey. He lost his starting position. I mean, lost his Mexican national team spot as well. I, I, don't get me wrong. Is, is he still a good, credible player? I believe so. But does he bring experience and leadership? Yes. But is he better than George Sanchez? I don't think he is. No, he's not. But that's the only reason why they brought him. You just said it, leadership and experience. Um, you look up front and you mainly only have Henry Martin there. Other than that, though, in that front three, who really do you have that's experienced? No, Suarez isn't really experienced. I mean, you have Linus, but Linus is Linus, though, you know? Yeah, Linus is a bit of an oddball, isn't he? That's what I'm saying. Oh. Um, and I think that the kind of thing I think Suarez was looking for was more of that experience in the locker room. And Layun definitely brings that. There, no one can question that. Um, will he ever be a starter? Potentially. No, I don't know. I, I can't say no right off the bat because he was brought in for a reason. And they made sure to emphasize that Solari gave the green light for it, which means Look, that he has a plan for him. I think the reason why you bring in Layun, not because of what we just mentioned, but because he's such a Swiss army knife on the pitch. Play right back, play left back, play center mid, play mm-hmm. left, left mid, left he played mid. right mid. Like the man could be all over the pitch. Like you can. can put him, you can put him up top if you want to, and oh, he'll find. Yeah. Please don't. Yes, never. But <laughs> I think you have to realize that the, that's something I'm guessing Solari really caught eye to, and said, "You know what? This guy fills gaps where most players wouldn't." And I think that's why you bring in someone like that. And I think Chris Rivera puts it perfectly. He says, don't get your hopes up on Layun. He's going to be kind of more of an Arroyo player. Second half player comes on long distance, free kicks, whatever the case may be. That might be Miguel Layun's role, which I'm a little hesitant to kind of accept because I don't know if Layun would have signed on, what is it, two years? Um, uh, Just to kind of sit on the bench. Mm, But who knows? Who knows, right? I mean, we don't know the details of this contract, and we can only speculate at this point until the season has unfolded. We don't understand what Miguel Layun's role is. We're going to see maybe glimpses of it here in the next couple of weeks when America plays uh, their friendlies here in in the United States. But, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. Actually, Chris Rivera saying it's a one-year deal with another option to buy uh, a second year. So technically it's two years. Two years. Two years. Um, but I don't know. You see that interview with Layun? I don't know. It seems like he's very motivated to be back. You know, he he, he, cries, he, right? he makes sure to emphasize he took the, the largest pay cut 
in his career just to be with America. Like that pay cut was astronomical. That's what he wants okay. you to think. Or that's what I don't, he, that's I don't what believe he's saying. I don't believe it. I mean, I don't believe it. I mean, that's I guess everyone to their own I, opinion. Everyone's their own opinion. Money, I'm sure he. But is. but that to me catches my attention, just because he took the pay cut just to wear the America shirt again. And you're right. That's something that we have that's to kind something. of applaud for. Because how many times have we mentioned that we want players that feel for the club, that feel for the jersey, and play for the jersey? Right, definitely. And also, the thing that Chris is, Chris said about being a second half player, that's not a bad idea. A lot of people, you know, made Jorge Sanchez not as good as he is because Leo Suarez never checked back. He never helped out Jorge Sanchez. It was always Linus helping out Fuentes, and maybe that's why Fuentes's, I guess, blemishes weren't as, you know, as exaggerated like Jorge Sanchez's were. I think with Laiyun, if you bring him on second half on that right side, that's another body coming down whenever, you know, we, you know, we have a counterattack going against us. Or maybe Jorge Sanchez is too pushed up and Laiyun can kind of just backtrack, you know? I think Solari has a plan for Laiyun, and I think it's going to work. But like everyone says, the only time will tell. And like you said, Ivan, we're going to see glimpses of it during the preseason. And quite the preseason we're going to have. We'll talk a little bit more about it later on. We'll get you guys caught up in the first game that's going to happen in the beautiful city of Salt Lake. Um, we have one more arrival to go out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reyes. But, I mean, it, it, obviously this Layun thing is not going to die down right away. I think everyone's going to be talking about it. And the reality of it is he won't be judged as highly as Giovanni Dos Santos, but I believe he should because of the declarations he made, because of his so-called, you know, pay cut coming to America. He says he feels for the jersey. And I get that. He's not a canterano, but he spent a good chunk of his career here. And he made a name for himself in an America jersey. So I would see why he feels devoted to this institution. I just want to see him come and kind of demonstrate what he said on that video on the pitch. And when you said time will only tell on that aspect, but um, Miguel Ayun, obviously out of the blue, but very much welcoming at times when you think about it, it says, okay, someone that understands it, that knows it and hopefully can provide that little extra oomph when it comes down to it in the season. Definitely. All right, so we got one more uh, arrival to talk about, and it's probably the one player that a lot of us were kind of really much kind of eyeing as this is probably the best signing we've had so far uh, in in the offseason. And that Mm -hmm. is none other than Salvador Reyes, ex-Puebla player, left back. What are you guys' thoughts on the youngster coming from Puebla? Take it away, AJ. Um... If I'm not mistaken, Kristen Mechero, he was named the best left back of, of the entire season. That's really good. To, that's a good thing to hear when he assumes he arrived at America. He made it to the semifinals with Ferra. He was a key player in that final. I said that having to take them all the way to the final in that back, in that back four. Um, he's a left back. That's one. He could actually play as a left midfielder and left winger if needed. So if you don't want Lainez for some reason running up there, you could date Java Reyes. But it's good things. He's got promise. He could be our backup, which I don't think that's going to be the case. If he's definitely going to be starting over Fuentes in this case, but it's good to it's good to hear. I I think he's ready for it. 
Fuentes, wow. 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 Good defensively. For me, in my opinion, it's just the age isn't the issue. It's just the pace because you've seen time and time again, if there is a winger that can run faster than Fuentes, which is almost every winger in this league, even, even some youngster at that point, that's red flags at that point. You just hope that God that he doesn't make Fuentes dance. But Chava Reyes, very good sign for America. A much need one in this case because we are looking to upgrade our defense. And that's a great upgrade in the defense. All right, ref, ref, I'm gonna call for a timeout here. Christian, can you pull I'm up that question? Too. Yeah, I'm can a, you pull I'm up a, the question? Because yeah, I think I, I, I think AJ already jumped the gun on this one. Yeah, for real. So, um, as you guys know, we asked for your guys' questions ahead of the podcast, and we were gonna do these a little bit later, but unfortunately, AJ jumped the gun a little bit on this one and has stirred up the debate. Uh, over on Twitter, we asked you guys to ask us some questions so we can read them off and answer them here on the podcast. And as always, Chris Rivera, our good friend of the podcast, at Chris96 saying, Chava Reyes, a day one starter question mark? I believe we've gotten the answer from AJ. <coughs> it, that is a yes. Christian and I, a little bit more on the hesitant side, but Christian, I'll let you go first. Talk to me about your thoughts in regards to the signing and then maybe answering this question along the way. Sure. Um, I like the signing. I, I applaud it. I think it was much needed. Um, there wasn't really a backup for Fuentes, uh, so I'm glad this player came in. Seems like he has a lot of promise, a very good strike from long distance. Um, and overall, just a good player. Uh, I, AJ mentioned that he, he was a key player in that Puebla run that we probably will we'll never see again. Um, but he was definitely, definitely fundamental and essential. Um, but I don't know if he's day one starter. I think that we're going to have to see him go through the motions in preseason. Um, I mean, he's going to be there and Fuentes is going to be there. So it's basically up to them. Whoever has the best preseason will start. I just don't think right now at this moment, Salati will prefer uh, Reyes over Fuentes. Um, but listen, anything can happen in this preseason. Um, just right now, I think for the starting, for our first game of the season, I think he'll choose Fuentes over Reyes. Interesting. I like it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat as you, uh, but that's kind of the same kind of judge, judgmental kind of mentality we came into with Linus. And look at that. He started right off the bat. He did. Um, so we don't know exactly what's going on in training, right? We're not there. We can't physically see that. So we can't see if Chava Reyes is kind of, you know, filling the eye of Solari or if he's not, mm-hmm. um, right? That's their job. They got to go out there and fight for their spot. But I think this right. is the important thing. Like we mentioned with Miguel Ayun, it's that internal competition. And I wish we would have had this internal competition with, I don't know, maybe the center back partnership. But I mean, at least we're having it on the full back side of things which is interesting, right? I think we all knew that we needed a replacement for Fuentes. Whilst as good as he was for us last season, you still felt that he was a key, like a like a very much weak point in our starting 11 because you knew all you had to do was press that, you know, trigger button and you just had to pa- run past the guy. And that was it. Especially in the latter part of the season. Yeah, yeah. So Chava Reyes was a little bit more of a, okay, you bring him in, you know he's got pace, and you know that he's going to be able to go one-on-one with these wingers. Something maybe Fuentes can't necessarily do. Not to say that Fuentes is a bad fullback, because at that age, you start playing more positioning rather than relying on you know just sheer speed. So, I'm going to have to wait and see. I think Chavarrez can learn a lot from Fuentes. I think if he can absorb some of that, come into this and kind of battle it out, 
I think we could see something interesting happen. But I don't think he's a day one starter just yet. I think that he's got to earn it a little bit. And I think this preseason is going to be important for him to kind of try to cement the spot in the starting 11. Mm-hmm. And after that, we'll see. But it's not to say that I don't believe, I do believe he's going to be our starting fullback eventually. Will it be later down the road in the season? Maybe next season? We'll have to wait and find out. But Fuentes will surely track back to the bench. And then, of course, Reyes will take that starting 11 spot. When will that be? Only time will tell. Mm -hmm. But not a day one starter. I don't know where you're getting this from, Angie. I mean, we'll see. I I see it, but who knows? Time will only tell. For real. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all the departures and arrivals. Those are the arrival departures. And now a lot of people furious. We just see hashtag Fuera Baños everywhere. Where I just log in I, on Twitter and that's all I see. That is same. all I see. I was about to say that. that is all but I see. That, that a day goes by where I don't see hashtag Fuera Baños. Like the anyway. Euros were on today. And like I you know, you see the 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 world did that Pogba scored, and right under that is a tweet saying Fuera Baños. I'm like, this has yeah. nothing to do with either or. But okay. Um and and let's talk a little bit about that hashtag, gentlemen. How much fault in the transfer window do we give to Baños? I mean, technically, directly, that's his job, right? But what I'm trying to allude to is, has is he giving? Is he give, getting all the funds that he needs? Which he's not. Is he getting as much liberty as we think he has? I don't think he is. And at you know, does he have to kind of stick to 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 some rules and guidelines in order to go find a player? Which I think he is. I don't feel it's as it's I don't think it's as dry cut as everyone on Twitter is making it out to be. Like, oh, Banyos can't sign this player, Banyos can't do that. Like, I get it. Maybe he's not as comprehensive as we want him to be. But I don't think he's going out there and saying, you know what, I, I'm just not going to try to get Vidal because, you know, I don't want to. I think it's more of like, I don't think I can go get Vidal because, one, I don't think I have the money to pay Vidal to come over. I don't have the funds to keep him here for more than six months. I, I just think that Banos is a scapegoat of more things playing factors in the background for America. And I think I've talked to it when we've had our Twitter spaces. I've mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast before. This issue that America is having with transfers extends deeper than, than just Santiago Baños. You can bring in. I know everyone wants to get rid of Baños and put in Pablo Pardo. I promise you nothing's going to change. Nothing will change in the transfer market if you just swap out presidents. And I'll tell you why. Because Pablo Pardo is going to have to come in. And the guidelines are still going to be the same. The transfer budget is still going to be the same. Might be even lower. And it's just going to be the same circle. Round and round and round and round. What America needs, it's unfortunate, but what America needs is funds. is money. We don't have that. And there was a graphic that was brought out. And I got it right here because I thought it was just really interesting. In the sense of how much money we're bringing in, or at least our biggest, um, 
the biggest people that bring in money for us, which is Televisa, right? Even though, quote unquote, we're not part of Televisa anymore. America was making about 100, like about 101, like 101 million, right? Compare that to Tigres, who's making double that, a little bit more than double, but 252. And Rayados as well. And Rayados making 506. And we want to punch way over our belt in this one. We didn't pay 18 million for Nico Castillo. We paid about eight or so, wasn't it? I'm pretty There's sure. No, first yeah, of all, no, first of all, that, that first was of all hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. No one in Liga and Meg can afford to pay an $18 million price tag. Monterrey That's number can. one. No, they Monterrey cannot. They can afford it. They can afford no, it. No, they cannot. No, they cannot. I promise you, I will lay down every single dollar I own <laughs> to anyone. No one in Liga MX can pay an $18 million price tag. No one. No, Chivas did not pay $17 million for Yo, Alambulito. they got that dough. Alambulito is not even worth $17 million. Maybe 1.7. Okay, yes, I agree with you there. <laughs> not 17 million and we did not pay 18 for Nico Castillo I will 100% put that down to the grave but yes Ivan I agree with you most of it not all of it but most of it I agree with you and look I, I, I think I think Chris brings up a pretty important point right he's saying the money is there in my opinion which I, I that's the one part I disagree with but ho- just horrible contracts negotiation that's that's hand flat out yes that has been America's Achilles heels for the past couple of seasons. But it's not to say that we haven't put ourselves in this situation because I'll tell you where things went wrong. That era where America was spending money like if we just were never going to lose it, like if we were just always going to have money, I'm talking about 08, 09, 10, 11, where you brought in players like a, like a Vizcarruno you brought in a player of Vizcarrundo with, with a pretty good contract, right? You brought in players like El Pocho Insua. You brought in players like Rosal Montenegro. You brought in players like um, Enrique Vera. Like, like players, yeah, Pepino Cuevas. All the players that now you think about it and you're just like, this is a waste of money. They were terrible. But back then had value to them. And you came in and and you spent God knows how much money, terrible contracts, which at one point, sometimes you even had to go and buy out the contract to get even rid of them. And now we're left in the situation. We're thinking like, well, why don't we have as much money? Because mistakes of the past have finally caught up to us. And this transfer window, I know it's still early, but... Christian, you know this better than anyone. The rumors of any foreign player leaving have completely died out. Yes. Like, not even a whisper. Not even a whisper. And I'll tell you why. It's because they're on way too high of a salary, and no one wants to pay it. And they don't want to take a pay cut. And they'd no. rather write out the contract. 
the uh, reporter thing for saying 18 million. I'm assuming that's what they mean from the four years that we're going to have Castillo because I think that was the thing that we were paying 5 million per year. His contract is up until four, so it equates to 20 million. I'm assuming that's what the reporters meant when they're saying 18 million total. That's how much like he's been getting. I could be wrong, but that's a good guess. But yeah, no, just the entire money thing. Ooh. It's but scary. You know, go on, go on. Well, eventually, where I'm leading up to this is that, yes, fuera baños, right? And and we're using that kind of as as, as a unity. But I think we're 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 too quick to just point the fingers at him and not point the fingers at the previous people that were in charge and say, well, now they put us in that situation and no one's been smart enough to get us out of that situation. Not even Baños. I'm not here defending Baños. Don't get that wrong. Don't get it twisted. Don't think I'm just here and be like, no, no, keep Baños in charge. No. By all means necessary, that man needs to go because he hasn't done anything that these previous people have to put us in a better situation. And until someone comes in and does that, could it be Pablo? Who knows? Maybe. I don't know if he's a number guy. Could he be? Who knows? But we need someone that's smart, that not only knows the sport, but also knows the financing of it. I'm looking at you, Christian. And I can do it. That, that I can, can dig us it. out of this hole. I can definitely it's, do it. We are out. We are just, we're nine feet deep in. And we just keep digging up further and further. And it's, it's going to get to the point where it's going to be bad. And you're just seeing it right now. We can't get rid of any of our foreigners. And we have more than what? I think we have like 12 foreigners still on the payroll. I think so. And that 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 is that is unacceptable. That America is is unable to do anything about it. We proclaim to be the biggest club, and yet our pockets are not are not looking like the biggest club. I'll tell you that much. So so the thing well, you know, our pockets are hurting. That means everyone else's pockets are hurting. Um, when you're trying to sell a player like Renato Ibarra with a high salary, there's only a few teams in Liga MX who can even afford to buy to, to pay his salary. That's number one. Number two, you try to ship him out to the MLS, but you know there's not many teams interested in Renato Ibarra like that. You would think there would be, but there really isn't, though. Which is surprising, though, because I think Renato Ibarra would absolutely kill it in, in the MLS. Um, so the fact that there isn't there more MLS teams Jumping on this just makes it makes it even harder because now, okay, so now you can't sell them to the three teams in Liga Max. You can't sell them to the the fifteen teams in the and and the in the MLS. You know what are your options after that? You know there really isn't much. Um, there isn't. Keep, do, keep keep doing what you're doing, paying sixty percent of the salary, letting the, letting the loan team pay forty percent. You still have them on your payroll. That's something that you need to you need to make that number from sixty to zero. And what is he? And- two, two years left. Two years left. Yes, two, two years, years left. left. Two, two years. years of paying 60%. No, that's ridiculous. And it's such a big contract that you just can't buy it out. We can't afford it. We can't afford to buy him out. Two years. The thing about this, the owner, the owner's lost money. The owner lost oh, yeah. a ton of money. He's trying to get it back. He got some of it back. Not to the point where he was before. Like before he was up here. Then he was down here. Now he's going to be up here. So that difference is still, still a big gap. And until he gets back up here, we won't see America with money for a while. I give it about yep. three years, maybe, till we're back to that point. But in that three years, though, we're going to have to try to be smart with the transfers that come in. Fidalgo, Vinas, hopefully, and pray. 
and be smart with the exits. Giovanni, Sergio Diaz, and not make stupid contract signings. Alan Medina, Sergio Diaz, you know? Arturo Vidal, for everyone watching there. Brian, I'm talking oh, to you. Look, I get it. We all want oh, we all want Arturo Vidal, right? But here's my thing. It makes no sense to bring him in. We have Aquino. We, we, have don't, we don't need we have someone Sanchez. in that we have position. Richard Sanchez, but no. Like, like, I get it. He's flirting with us, right? And it's like, oh, Arturo Vidal. Like, yeah, who doesn't want him, right? But Christian just mentioned it. We need to be smart about these things because there has to be a projected plan in this institution to be like, look, the goal is to get from here to here financially. So we need to, you know, exert our steps, you know, slowly but surely. It's kind of like a staircase, right? And an Arturo Vidal just plunges you. It makes no sense. Right, we need wingers. I haven't heard about a winger in God a month and a half. We need a fullback. I mean, a center back. What? It's been a good solid month that we haven't heard of a center back either. No, we don't need center backs. What are you talking about? Let's get our forwards, get the midfields. That's all we ever need. Defenders now, nah, we don't need that. Stick with Bruno and <laughs> Emma so we can hear the same complaint every single season. Why can we get defenders? You want to know why? Because we loaned them all out. Why? What do you want to do at that point? I don't know. But also, look. here's another thing. You know why Tigres and Monterrey can afford players like this? It's one. It's one thing they have. They both have in common, and it helps a lot. You know, whether people think or not. And it started happening when Tigres started getting a little bit more popular, like 2013, 14. You would say around they would start getting a little bit more popular. Okay, but from that moment on, even before then, people because people don't really know that even before then, they've always done this. And in Monterey now, obviously with the new stadium, it's helped a lot. And that's the fans. The fans are literally there for, for Tigres. 85% full capacity every single freaking home game. Mm-hmm. Monterey has about 75% every single home game. That helps a lot. America has yeah. a capacity of about 87,000. We barely can get 19. We Yo, barely gosh. can get 19. Can. What makes and, you think that we can afford players when we can't even fill up half of our stadium? And and you know what? the What was the... the I think the argument at first was America wasn't just doing good, right? So why are you going to go watch your team if they're not doing good? And that, that was the, the original argument, right? And okay, I understand that. But we started winning. We started yeah. getting titles. We started mm-hmm. getting players that people want to see, mm-hmm. and people still don't go. Now, this is an interesting. This this, this is an interesting kind of uh, maybe a little project we can do. But look at the difference between how much a ticket to watch an America game at the Azteca is, at comparison to how much a ticket at the Volcan is. And I think you'll see quite the price difference. Definitely. Right? But but why? That's just, that's because once America wants America, tickets. Though. No, I understand that. But I think that's just bad planning overall. That, but, but this is what I'm trying to get at. Look, that's one thing, right? And, and if anyone out there knows more, more than me at the, in, in what I'm about to say, please correct me. I, I don't want to come out here and, and, and think that I know what I'm about to say 100%. But you look at the economics in Mexico City in comparison to the economics in Monterrey as to what 
kind of living life is on kind of the let's put it in the minimum wage essence, right? I think there are people in Monterrey that can make more money that can go to games rather than Mexico City that you know maybe don't make the same amount that can go spend it on a ticket in America. And that's maybe something that we have to take into consideration. And I think if you look at the prices over the years, have they increased? Yes. Has you know money increased in Mexico City like that? I don't I don't think so. So I think it, it falls back into like how you I think it falls back into the club and saying, how can we entice our our fans to come back to the stadium and have them pay the prices that we want to pay? And that's a media fault and a buyer's fault. Yes. Yes. I'm like, don't get me wrong. You know? But I think they're like, well, we got to keep it at this price because if we don't, then, you know, we'll just completely tank and stuff like that. Look, the economics of this is is a lot of hit and miss for us because, unfortunately, like I've said before, these numbers aren't generally given out to the public. And if they are, they're a little bit dated. But the thing is that I don't understand. Throughout the seasons, we've seen on Twitter that the packages that America gives out for the Azteca, you know, two for one games, three for one games at a certain price. And to someone. Which, by the way, those, those are good. Those are amazing. But even with those packages, you still don't see a big increase in fans. Which leads me to my next question is. Is America banking more on TV revenue than on in-person attendance? Because yes. to, to them, they probably think, okay, I can get more eyes on me at 9 o'clock Mexico, 10 o'clock in the, in the U.S., in the, in the East Coast or whatever, rather than, you know, 5 o'clock in Mexico, 6 o'clock in the U.S. You, I, 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 I think on, so. On Go ahead, AJ. I have something to advise also why I think there could potentially be not as many fans of the Azteca as it used to be. Maybe it's not the case. The amount of bars you can see in Mexico City, why go to the Azteca when you can just go to your local bar, have a beer, get some food, watch with a couple of friends, and just watch the game right on there. Don't have to make the trip all the way to the Azteca and just stay your way at that bar right there that's me, I don't know, a couple blocks or a couple minutes away from your place. I don't know. That's something that I discussed with my dad a bit and i thought to something maybe that kind of makes sense you don't have to make that drive all the way to the stadium stadium. i think i I think that's a valid argument aj i'm not gonna say it isn't Mm -hmm. but you can attest and you can attest to this aj there is no greater feeling than being at the azteca and watching a game live oh no doubt about it it's amazing it's so so to that i'll say this if you have that opportunity to experience it, why wouldn't you? Right. But I think, I think this is a very complex equation that we may not have all the pieces to because probably don't. Right. Because as much as we want to put some fault on Emilio and Baños and, and kind of the Azteca ticketing and all that stuff, the fans have a responsibility in this as well. Right. I'm not saying go out there and 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 spend your your hard earned cash that you right. earned the whole week on definitely. one ticket to go definitely definitely watch America potentially lose to Puebla. No, that's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying, right. Th- th- there's got to be a middle ground here, right? It has to be. Like, I, I know America works with the Porras, right? They they work with them to get tickets to kind of 
you know, kind of get a good general amount of people in there. I know they do that and they work with them. Uh, but then, you know, you get your average Joe fan, like, you know, who can go this, who can go there. And, and, and that's why I say it's a tricky, complicated, complicated kind of complicated equation, because it's like the club owns responsibility. The Azteca owns some responsibility in this and the fans own responsibility in this as well. It's it's difficult to point one finger at, you know, I, I feel like, you, you know, that kind of, you know, thing in the office where they're all kind of like pointing fingers at each other and seeing who's going to shoot for it. kind of is a situation like that, where it's just kind of like, everyone has to play a role in this one. Um, But you're right in saying this and that, Christian, that tickets are a huge, huge part of a team's income. And so that America can't get more than 20,000 fans a week, that is very concerning. As, As one of the sayings goes, the club is nothing without its fans. In this case, exactly. nothing without exactly. it. And don't think these games in the pre in the in the US aren't helping America right now. Because they're gonna they're, <laughs> Ooh, they're gonna sell the out. States? Oh, they're gonna they're sell out. So... so the fans in the US are doing their part. I understand it's only once a year and that's where they're going, but at least they're selling out though. Yeah. You know? I'm I'm that's not saying you have to sell out every single game because that's almost near impossible to sell out an eighty thousand dollar eighty seven thousand uh, dollar uh theater. In the Azteca, right? That's kind of almost impossible to do every 15 days. At least half, my friend. At least half. You know what I'm yeah. thinking? Oh. You know what I'm thinking at this point, honestly? You know how NFL does these games in Mexico City at times? They try to get from Oh, hello? We having some technical difficulties there, AJ? That's on my no. end? No, I know. It wasn't on your end. I think it was on Christian's end, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm back. It's just one of my AirPods died, so I had to switch this one. This one my dad too, so <laughs> okay, I don't know where no, to go. We always think, you know how America, how America can just get all that money considering the amount of fans are here in the United States? You know, have a League of Mackey's game in the States at this point. Go to one of those things, fill that thing out, profit. I don't know. It's going to be too much of a travel, but hey, you get money that way. Like, we could sit here and talk all day about how we can make this club money, right? And I think we've all said it. Just everyone that follows America on Twitter, send them, like, five bucks and we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but look, it is, this is going to be an ongoing discussion, right? Um, Alex saying, you know, America gets a great amount of money from the uh, um, Abonados every year this season, right? That's... Um, Season ticket holders, mm-hmm. for those of you wondering what, but if, what but that I word think means. If you look at that one, I think they're going down every single year. They, like, they they're, are. They're, they're, like they're decreasing. And people that are renewing, they're just decreasing every single year. Which, by the way, I'm always tempted to just get it. Because I'm like, I wonder if they'll send me all the little cool things. They like, will. I'll never be able to go. I'll never be able to go to a game. But and honestly, know. it's not that much. And I, you know, it's I really not. One. Okay, look, look, look. look, look. We're, we're, Wait a minute. We're, we're talking for us here at the states rather than people over there, right? That's right. Let's 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 not get into that that discussion. But I mean, if we ever want to go to a game, I mean, we can just you know just we have a ticket. Yeah, we have a, we ticket, have a ticket already. Ticket. We have a ticket already. Well, we might look into that the next season. Let's maybe look, we, maybe maybe we can season, do, like some, do this season. <laughs> some ticket giveaways because of that. Who knows? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But look. All of this discussion was just for me to say that I think the Fuera Baños thing is a bit too harsh. But then again, the America, the, the, the Americanismo is always going to be that, right? It's always going to be that. Uh, I just 
think that we're not seeing the full picture and, and we're so quick to kind of find a scapegoat. And unfortunately, Banyos has been that person. Not to say that he doesn't deserve to be that person. I'm just saying uh, at times it feels a little bit unfair that we're just pointing fingers mm-hmm. just willy-nilly at times. Um, but alas, I, it, it turned into this whole debacle. And, and I apologize for those who didn't want to know so much about how bad our team was doing financially. Um, let's 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 talk a little bit about well, Christian, I'd say rumors, but is there even anything? Not really. Right now, it's been a little quiet. Um, it's just the same, the same stuff repeating every uh, every single day. It's not really, really worth mentioning, talking about, just because it's the same thing, and most of it's probably BS anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna hold off on it. Hopefully, next week we have a little bit more news on certain players uh, departing and or arriving. Um, but right now, everything's quiet right now. I think people are just trying to. You know, go through the motions of preseason, get through the start of the game, the start of the preseason before we start talking about new, new, new players. Um, that's pretty much it, though. Yeah, and look, I want to remind everyone: um, the league should be dropping the season schedule within the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on on that. We'll let you guys know exactly what what's going on with that. We'll as soon as we get word of it, we'll let you guys know. But the season's right around the corner. Um, I, I, I give it about four weeks until we start this thing. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so AJ, yeah. I, it is a feeling that I haven't felt in a while that like I'm just counting down the days for America to just come back because you know it's just uh, I just can't wait, man. I want to see my team play again. Yes, please, of course. I've said it. America over anything, always. Um, so that's that's the case. So season's right around the corner, which means look, America's got to get something done here soon. Um. Well, they, that's a whole different situation. Season right around the corner, which means that we have, we have the league, but we also have another tournament to play in August. Right, which is the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, which, here's a question for you guys. Uh, K-Prince says, who from the pod is going to the CONCACAF Champions League game in Philly? Because I am also... Who is the player to watch for next season in this team? All right. Well, gentlemen, I'll leave that question open to the both of you since you guys are the closest to Philly. Which one of you guys are going to Philadelphia? Um, we were going to announce this a little bit later, but yes, I will be going to Philly. AJ still to be determined. Unless, unless he made up his mind, he's going. He just made up his mind right oh, now. You guys made up his mind now. You fucking <laughs> love it, baby. You absolutely love it. So yes, me and AJ will both be there in Philly. Um, we have a lot more details to discuss about that. Um, it'll be our first ever uh, Champions League coverage. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a fun experience. Hopefully we come out with the, with the W because it is going to be the second leg. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, but like I said, though, there's, uh, we still have a whole two months before that happens. So hopefully we have more details in the, in the coming weeks. But yes, me and AJ will both be there in Philly. So if you guys want to get your AJ uh, Henry Martin autograph, make sure you guys go check it out at Philly whenever that game does go through. So excited that these gentlemen are going to be able to go cover a game and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Quickly, I I feel like we're extending our time here. And, you know, this first episode was always going to be, you know, just kind of testing the waters as to how we're we're doing here, because, of course, the real action starts on July 4th, as America is going to be taking on... Uh, remind me, who is it again, AJ? Is Santos. it Atlas or Santos? Okay. It's going to be Santos Laguna. Santos. Atlas is the one in San Jose. Um, Santos Laguna, of course, that game's coming up on uh, on 
Sunday, July 4th. So happy Independence Day for all of us. And uh, America is going to be taking on Santos Laguna in what hopefully should be a pretty entertaining game. I think Solari is going to try a couple of things here, which might be a little bit interesting. I know. I'm excited, too. I want to see what these players are capable of doing. We got um, to think that these are the players that are going to start the season off for the first three or four games. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. And as I was also going to say that uh, we're going to be missing a couple of players because of international duty. Right. Guillermo Chua, uh, Henry Martin. George Sanchez, Sebastian Cordoba, all out uh, with the Olympic squad as they'll be on their way to Tokyo um, sometime within the next couple of weeks to go fly out there and start the Olympic uh, gold medal um, run. Run. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, so, of course, we're gonna, that's a lot of players. I just mentioned four, four starters. That's four starters. <laughs> that's four starters are out. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean... Some of these players up. have a possibility of knocking these guys out of the starting eleven if they do good, right? So looking I'm looking at, at Vinas. Looking at Vinas. Looking at Vinas. Uh, I'm looking at Layun. He's gonna have to be a starter <laughs> in that right back. Yeah, position. there you go. Layun's gonna have to be a starter. Uh, so you know, and and I I I think we won't miss Cordoba as much because Fidalgo's been playing in that position. Um. Jimenez is gonna hopefully try to play for a contract of, for another team for these next couple of games, mm-hmm. uh, and then who else did I mention? I think that's it, right? Yeah, those are and the four might, players. Yep. And Ochoa, but I don't think Jimenez or Tapia can can bring down no. Ochoa. Definitely. We all know how we all know how Ivan feels about Tapia here. Tapia will beat out uh, Jimenez. Don't worry, he'll beat out Ochoita Junior. He'll he'll do it. Look, man, that kid does not fill me with any confidence whatsoever at all. Jesus. Anyone that's not Ochoa in goal will never make you feel happy. No, no, no. No one. I'm okay with Jimenez playing. I'm okay with with Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. At at one point, at one point, I really thought Navarrete was going to be like our goalkeeper for for a while. There was was some times when he made some pretty good saves. I was like, man, this guy might be the real deal. Oh, no. And then, like, 30 minutes later, he conceded a goal, and I was like, what happened? Throwing um, back to the season, we didn't have Ochoa. That was, like, the worst season. He was start, He was our starting goalkeeper, wasn't he? He was our goalkeeper, right? During those matches, or? Well, yeah, Ochoa, when Ochoa left to Hatsio, Navarrete got the go. And, well, you guys know how that ended. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, like we mentioned, interesting stuff going on here in the preseason. Uh, we'll keep an eye out. We'll be live tweeting this game, of course, for you guys. Uh, should be broadcasted on through the NA. For those of you that are lucky enough to go out there in Salt Lake City, let us know. Share with us your photos. Share with us some videos. We'd love to be able to post that on our social media. And, uh, you know, of course, we give you guys full credit. And uh, by the way, you know, just kind of wanted to give a update that potentially there might be two EY podcast boys in San Antonio for the upcoming friendly match against Tigres, which is going to be an interesting one. We're going to be previewing it here um, on the podcast. It's It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. The return of Miguel Herrera against his former club oh, boy. and uh, should be interesting. Also, by the way, um, if you guys haven't already gotten tired of this blue jersey that is constantly being thrown at you by America to go by, well, get ready because that is all they're going to be wearing for this uh, preseason it is nothing but that blue jersey. And we won't get the home kit probably like three days before the start of the season, which is usually how it goes. Why do they do that? I have no idea. 
but uh, we'll see what happens. But <sighs> all right, gentlemen, anything else that we've missed? Um, I think we might have covered everything, to my knowledge. Yep. Obviously, a lot more is going to be unfolding throughout this couple of weeks. Obviously, right now, all the buzz is international football, right? What happened with Mexico and, and the upcoming Gold Cup, everything going on in the Euros. Stuff tends to die down for Liga MX, but don't worry. Like I mentioned, the start of the season is like right around the corner. So it's going to start boiling up anytime soon. Christian's going to keep you guys up to date. Uh, and so will we. So make sure you guys follow us over on Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast. Uh, and as well as uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. We'll keep, you, we'll keep you guys up to date with everything going on in and around there. All right. Well, before we kind of wrap things up, gentlemen, uh, let's just kind of go through the other questions that we got over on Twitter. Read them, answer them, and then we'll kind of sign off. So, Christian, if you would be so kind as to pull of up course. the next question. I mean, we'll just put this one because we kind of just kind of talked about it already. Okay, yeah. Perfect. And I was actually thinking about that when we were having our little debate. Uh, is America struggling to sell foreigners because of bad contracts or because they overvalue players who haven't done anything to have a high price tag? Which, by the way, great question by Chris Rivera. Um, I think it's a mixture of both, right? I, I think it's America desperately having to buy players at such a high value because we are America. Right? I think I've talked about this before. It's a little bit unfair. Yeah. Right, yeah. the price tag that we, the, the taxation that we get because we are who we are, as comparison to other clubs. Um, but at the same time, you got to be smart. And America playing paying the amount of money that we've paid with kind of the years and all that stuff. You know, I, it's 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 just bad contracting. Also, I think we can also add a little bit of bad luck in there because. Who thought the Renato Ibarra situation was going to happen whenever we mm-hmm. signed him on, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, that was on us. And who but thought also, Nico was going to get a life-threatening th- injury? Th- thrombosis, exactly. yeah, blood clot. Exactly, right? The Gio one, yeah, you can make an argument. Like, why would you pay so much money for someone who wasn't even playing in the Galaxy? But, right, right it, it, you know, so, some of these other contracts have been just due to bad luck. Bad luck. I mean, it's it's I, I still think that Jeremy Menace was a terrible contract, by the way. Um I don't know why we brought him in, but you know, it is what it is. The Roger one too. We paid such a high price for him. I don't know why. No, like like what he's making. Like, oh what he's making? Yeah, probably. I don't I don't think he had that track record to be like, yeah, let's pay him this much money. Um that is a great one. Chris Bear saying buying out the Ibarwin contract. That's that's also a good one. Well, I don't know why we why we make the decisions that we make, right? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you, Chris, for the question again. You know what? We'll just keep it on Chris. Last question. <laughs> Last question saying, uh, which player do you see us sending to the all-star game? Question mark. Players with national teams aren't eligible. Well, that is an interesting one. Right. Because. Because. I say we send none. Do, let's send well, none. Will we be, be eligible to send anyone? Because let's, let's think about none. it. Our best players would be, quote unquote, with their national team. And then right? let's, 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 and let's say every. 
let's say everyone picks up form, right? Let's say everyone picks up form and they're doing good. Ochoa gets called up to the national team. George gets called up to the national team. Bruno gets called up to the national team. Aquino gets called up to his national team. Richard gets called up to his national team. Roger gets called up to his national team. And Henry. Henry gets called up to the national team. So now you're thinking, well, do we send Fidalgo? Do we send Los Suarez? Do we send God, I don't even know why I put Los Suarez on there. Um <laughs> Chava Reyes, Luis Fuentes, I think Miguel Ayun. Like, right now is Fidalgo or Aquino. But I think Aquino gets called up by Peru. The only reason why Aquino does, isn't in the Copa America is because he had injury. an injury. Was an injury. That is, that's what I'm saying. That's the only reason. Right, but he's but he's not with them right now, so he's eligible to get called up for the All Star. Well, remember the All Star game is in August. There's an international break in there, no? That's is why. That's why. That's why they wouldn't be eligible. Because hmm. it's in August. It's it's. Might just be Fidalgo then. Right. Just Fidalgo. Or Venus, yeah, if he's picked up form. Like uh, Septel. I say, I say we said none. Keep them all in America, no injuries. I'm, I'm fine with it. Let, let feel, fucking Guignac and, and MLS battle out. I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I feel like it'd be nice just to see like at least like one player from like each team represent in the Liga Mexico. All right, so okay. San Fernando Tapia then, if you insist. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Let's go. Yo, put my boy Chocho Lopez there. Represent Guatemala right there. Represent. We'll send him. We'll send him. <laughs> but you know what? We could just save the trouble. We'll just send Dylan. Dylan can represent. Oh, let's go. No, Dylan can go exactly. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be an interesting thing when the All Star comes around. Just keep your eyes out on that, and we'll let you guys know what happens. I think Fidalgo might be the only player that we send. I don't want yes, to. But, August fourteenth. Yep. August 14th. Okay, good old calf. Which Hi. two weeks later is the... All-Star game? Is the All-Star game. Yeah. So, interesting stuff going on there. Um, do we have... Yes, this this is the question I've been looking for. Uh, <laughs> at uh, Jerry SVN saying, uh, what is the biggest lie you've told yourself over the last two years? And why is it thinking Giovanni Dos Santos was going to regain his form with America. Great question. Amazing one. When I read it, I started laughing and I was like, this guy is onto something. This guy gets it. <laughs> yeah, this guy gets it. Uh, AJ, why is that the biggest lie you've told yourself in the past two years? I have no clue. You think of that female Gio, that goal where he just absolutely ended those defenders in the United States National Team and shit or terror. You're thinking, yeah, he's going to replicate that. Stop. We put the clown, we put the cl- entire clown makeup on at that point and thinking, yeah. He's gonna be it. That was like that was a complete lie. We, we had too much confidence. Like me, when I kept saying three O's left and right, I'm just like, it's probably never gonna happen on this one, Daddy. It's never gonna happen. You did get a couple times, will. but <laughs> Christian. I never really bought into the hype like that. Um I oh, did think come on. I did think I did think that he was gonna do better than what he did. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it just didn't seem like he was all that invested in it. You hear reporters and people say, "Yeah, he, you know, he's training hard. You know, he's he's gonna be back into form. Just give him a little bit more time." He he never did. 
he never did. And um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a shame because, like like you said, Ivan, I, I you, you think about his, his father and what he did things with America, you would think that, okay, Gio does a good form, convinces his brother to come, and that we get both of them in good form. Just never, we never really got to like that point where that was going to be possible. Um, I just, I just really wish we saw a little bit more from him than what we got. Well, look to answer Jerry's question here. It, it's kind of like what you mentioned, right? It was for me the reason why I believed this lie so much was because that I thought there was history in that bloodline. You come into this, you understand that you grew up with that culture, you know kind of what's expected from you and he came in saying the right things and you thought you know yeah it, it, this might just be like AJ said you know you think about the goals he scored in the Mexican national team uh you know you you remember what Cotomo Blanco said about him and 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 all of that kind of gets played and thrown in your head and you start thinking like yeah this might be it he might just be the one and then two years later, you're looking at yourself with like that Joker makeup on you, and you're just like, <laughs> you're just like, this wasn't the one. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's the biggest lie we've told ourselves in the past two years, and fortunately, it was a very expensive lie, by the way. Um, but fortunately, now the the bill's been paid, and uh, we can start telling ourselves new lies from here on out. Oh, Chris got one here in the comment. If you could pull that one up, the most recent one. Yeah, the um, he he blew my cover right there. That was not, <laughs> AJ's biggest lie was thinking Chucho Lopez would score in several games. To be honest, <laughs> man, the best thing he ever had happen in last season was that sexy assist that he gave to Richard Sanchez. Don't call me saying it was a shot. That was not a shot. Uh uh-uh. uh, he set himself. I'm going to make the sexy pass. No, I was not. Stop. Don't play yourselves. Uh-uh. All right. Well, last question here. Uh, it's coming from our good friend, Miggy, here. Um, seeing we won't be getting any help on the wings, which I think might be true, uh, do you think Solari possibly switches to a 4-2-3-1 with Cordova and Fidalgo playing kind of the free roam behind the strikers, Aquino, Richard, and Naveda in the midfield? What do you gentlemen think about that? I'm, I'm just going to answer this shortly. Think, I don't like it. I don't think it works. I I don't think it works either. I don't think Cordova and Filado can play in that role together. I think they bump heads a lot. I think that um, it just caused a lot of confusion. Um, also, I, I think Solari is very fond of of having wingers like Linus. Um, I think he's trying to find another person like Linus. Um, I think that for some odd reason, he seems to have a good connection with Leo Suarez. Could be just because of the same nationality. I'm not too sure, but, uh, but it seems like he, he just, he just likes it. He likes the play. He likes what he brings. I don't know what he brings. You know, besides, besides bangers, you know, from, from 40 yards out. Um, but besides that, then, you know, doesn't really bring much, but I don't think he shies away from the wingers. Um, and this formation, we probably won't see. Um, maybe that's a kind of like a preseason uh, formation. Uh, but other than that, though, actually going into a actual league game, I don't think we'll see it anytime soon. And it's unfortunate that Cordova isn't here for preseason because then we could have tested this theory out. But since he's not, no need to play that formation. Right. Um, I like what AP Junior is saying here. He's like, I I feel like a four four two is America's best formation in my opinion, which I think it is, but. Then you cancel out Fidalgo. And arguably, Fidalgo might be the best player we have on the pitch. 
So you can't really play that formation because it wouldn't suit Fidalgo whatsoever. I mean, unless you want to put him as a false nine. But even then, that's just that that just doesn't seem like it would work, you know. We'll see though. We'll see. We'll see. Um that's pretty much well, it. That's it. That's all the questions. Thank you again to everyone that submitted your questions. Um, we might do this throughout the preseason. Uh, so you guys can get your questions in and we'll a- we'll answer them on here gratefully. Uh, we love to interact with you guys, whether it's people right here uh, on the live chat or whether it's people that unfortunately can't listen to the live chat. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. Got a thumbs up by uh, um, none other than Club America. I mean, I would I would I wish that was the I wish that was the real one. Bang, Imagine so it was a, it was a bait. It's all a lie. But well, hey, just, but well, thank we're you. Gonna, we're gonna count that as a W in our book, okay? So that's a W. That's a W in our book. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you to everyone that's interacted with us today. At uh, you know, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be here, uh, we're looking for more of that for this season. I think that's something that me and me and the boys talked about in our in our meeting uh, before the start of the season was that we kind of want to incorporate you guys more onto the podcast, more stuff on Twitter, more stuff, um, you know, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, we want to find a way to kind of, you know, be able to be part of the community and, and give back to the community. Um, it's something that I didn't mention to them, but (laughs) (laughs) breaking news, no, that's coming. Um, Breaking news. You heard it here first from the official <laughs> account itself. See, that is not coming. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we want to find a way to get back to you guys, incorporate back to you guys. Um, and so we'll plan on doing some events more. Um, I know one time we did a viewing party that went pretty well. And maybe we could do something like that more, whether it be here in LA, whether it be down in Texas, or whether it may be over there in New York. We'll find a way. But we do want to be able to give more back to you guys. We want to interact more with you guys. And we want to make you guys, uh, you know, more involved in this. Whether you're listening to this on on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whether you're tuning in week in and week out. We want to find a way to accommodate all of you. And we hope that with what we have planned for the upcoming season, we're able to do that. So, again, thank you to everyone for your time for this hour and 21 plus uh, show. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out. It's been great. Uh, Monday nights, we tested the waters, and I think it went well, and I think it's our, our new time. Definitely. I, I, I think I enjoy it. I think, you know, we have a lot of more interaction here, so, you know, it's definitely, definitely going to be a fun experience. Hey, if, 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 the Glo- if the Club Glue America can come out on a Monday night, then you know you're doing things right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> All right, then. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. You guys will be back next week to talk all things Club America. And don't forget to use the discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off. Again, as today, episode is brought to you guys by Foot Cult, which, by the way, AJ, show the beautiful people what they missed out on. Look at this. Look at this jersey. If you guys didn't get it, I'm, I am ashamed at all of you guys, okay? Just ashamed. Um... We'll have to wait and see what happens. Looks like we're competing with uh, WWE Monday Night Raw. So we'll see what uh, what happens there. But I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. People want to tune in and see AJ's beautiful face. Exactly. All righty then. All right, you guys have a wonderful night. We'll be back next week on Monday. 
to talk all things America. We'll be recapping what happened against Santos in Salt Lake City. We'll be, keep, we'll be previewing the game up ahead against Tigres in San Antonio. And we might talk a little bit about the game in San Jose against Atlas on Wednesday. So, again, with that said, we'll be back next week. Hope you guys have a wonderful time. You guys take care. Um, continue to wear your masks as we're still not through this whole pandemic. But the light is at the end of the tunnel. All right, then. You guys have a wonderful time. See you guys soon. Until next time, take care. And as always, Viva America. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.